Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Scottish Clans. Thank you for joining me today. I'm Clint Edwards. I'll be your host like usual. And we are going to continue with our second episode on the Campbells. And I've had some great responses for, from some of you. I, I actually had some really... I had, I had higher than normal numbers of listeners or downloads for the last episode. So I don't know if that's just because the Campbells are such a big clan or I, I don't know what all went into that, but thank you for listening to that. And thank you for those of you who replied. Now let me just, speaking of people who reached out after that last episode, let me jump into a couple comments before we dive into what the, the more about the Campbells. So one, one comment on Podbean that I didn't bring up last time, although it had been posted by that. So sorry, Lucky Lockie. Lucky Lockie says, would love to hear more about the Bardic family McVerdick, which I don't hear much about, maybe because they never had a true clan. All right, so Lucky Lockie, now we're, now we're getting into, we're getting neck deep into some of that stuff that I've spent a lot of time thinking about and researching about on what is a true clan. Now, I, I would hold off on the judgment of the McVerdicks that just because they were a more trade-based kindred and not so much a war-based kindred like we t typically think of Highland clans or just Scottish clans in general. And that, if you go back to my episode on the structure of a clan, we talk about some of these kindreds who are based around a profession. And the McVerricks were definitely one of those. And, and maybe, maybe we need to dive, even though we mentioned it earlier, Lucky Lucky, in that previous episode on the structure of a clan. And I think that was in two parts, and I can't remember which one I mentioned it in, so go, if you haven't already done so, go back and listen to both of them. But I, maybe even though we mentioned it there, I think maybe it deserves a little more attention in a future, future episode. So definitely is a good request, Lucky Lucky, and, but hold off on that, them not being a true clan, because we'd have to define what a true clan was, and they probably hit more of those features than we, than we think. And there's another one on Podbean that I want to bring up this time. The, the person who commented, commented their identification on Podbean is QPBM69, Quebec Papa Bravo Mike 69er. So he, this person, he looks like, says, I come from three lines of Campbells, and I want to thank you for delving further into the actual history and origin, in parentheses, versus propaganda. I appreciate you providing your sources as well, and I'm so happy to have found this podcast. So thank you, QPBM69er. Appreciate your, uh, your reaching out to me on that. And we will, as far as sources are concerned, for this podcast, this, this second part of the, the Campbells, we'll be running on the same sources as last time. So you know, if I think about it and I can remember exactly where the source came from, then I'll probably mention it this time around on who said what, but otherwise just go back and check the last episode on, on, the, uh, on where I'm drawing most of my information from. And I did, I actually did get a shout out from the, uh, a shout out from one of the people who helped with the Clan Campbell Society of North America website which I gave kudos to last time because that was a well-done website. And one of the people who helped get that up and going actually responded. 
Um, right now, I'm actually on the uh, the Apple Podcast ratings. So that's another way you can interact with me is on the, on the ratings here. And I got five stars from Idaho Lass. Idaho, that's what I'm talking about. Sorry to scream into the mic right there. And some of you just, like had to adjust your sound setting right there. But, you know, you know, I, I love Idaho and I love fellow Idahoans reach out, especially when I look at who's listening to this podcast because Podbean can tell me where the, the geographical distribution of not only within the United States, within the world. And there's people who listen to this all over the place. And, you know, I got a, a home state girl here, Idaho Lass. I like it. So she gave me five stars. So thank you, Idaho Lass. Provides historical context. I couldn't read the, the whole, then it had the uh, dot, dot, dot. So I don't know if there's more to it or not, but provides historical context. So the, co- the actual comment here was, I stumbled on this podcast while researching the Scottish branches of our family tree. I'm now subscribed and eagerly await every episode. Thank you, Idaho Lass. To, go, to continue, I found Clint's grasp on Scottish clans has provided perspective I would not have found elsewhere. The added context enriches the experience of travel or genealogy into Scotland. Through DNA tests, we were pleasantly surprised to see we have ancestral roots of significance involving the major clans and kings. The Kindred series highlights how closely woven clan life is and it illustrates branches in a family tree interact with one another. Clint provides information and examples of how a McDougal and a Bruce should be thought more together as kin than apart as separate groups. Scottish clans is fascinating for anyone interested in Scottish life or history. One mention I'm hoping for is for on the is on the the Rose clan that I believe is the the only same family continuously held male heir clan. Ooh, that's quite a claim. I I've never I never researched that Idaho Lasso. That's uh that's really interesting. Now now I'm kind of intrigued and I got to dive into it. She continues, I've noticed Kilrock Castle has reverted back to private property and short info background would be appreciated. Thanks for a great podcast. It has been immeasurably helpful as a resource for research and very entertaining too. End of end of review. Thank you. Thank you very much, Idaho lass. And keep on being an Idahoan. <laughs> I don't know if that made any sense. Um, I got another review that I've never read before. This one just came from... The Idaho last one was from... Looks like last week, maybe. Yeah, last week. And this one is just from Tuesday. It says, the, this is from J-Dog was here. The title of this is Almost Current. I am, en- I am enjoying the passion this guy has for Scottish history. Just wish he would stop apologizing for mispronunciations and rambling. <laughs> I like the rambling tangents. It's what makes this podcast fun and not dry. All right. I will try to not apologize for screwing up Gaelic pronunciation, and I'll try to keep rambling, which I usually need almighty little encouragement to do that. All right, I think that brings us current on the Apple Podcast. The only thing I think is left out there to go back into is the Scottish Clans Facebook page, which I have actually had some 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 people reach out in that one. Let me start with Joel Dougal. He says, I just discovered your podcast. I'm so stoked. Binge listening now. Uh, so Joel, it's good to have you on. Welcome to the party. And he asked, can you post a book list on, fa- on the Facebook page? Joel, yes, I can. 
Yes, I can do that, a book list. I've, I try to mention my sources, but wouldn't it be convenient if we just had a lot of those just listed right at the beginning? So maybe I can start a running list on those, on those, those books that I more often go back to for my sources. And um, there are still a lot of books out there that I've yet to read. And it, partly that's because some of these doggone books, if you look them up on Amazon, cost like 200 bucks. It's because some publishing company knows that it's supposed to be a textbook that's required for students, and it's not a free market deal where they'd have to price competitively. And so, I don't know, maybe I'm getting this all wrong, but this is my understanding of it. And so they just, they know, they, they know the students are backed into buying these, so they just run up the price. I've actually talked to one of the professors who wrote one of these books I'm trying to get a hold of that's super expensive. I do believe it's a publisher thing. And I actually believe that the professor or the author who actually wrote the book doesn't see a lot of that huge markup come into their pocket. So there's a, a little bit of a rant on that. So yes, Joel, that is not too much to ask. Um, give me, give me a, a little bit to get that on there though, but, but do definitely keep, keep, um, keep watching for that. I, do, I think that's a very reasonable request. And another one I've got here, ooh, Scott Hamilton. I would love an episode on the Hamiltons. Love your podcast. And uh, I just mentioned to him that just that day, just that day, I'd been driving in kind of a, a remote part of Idaho and had come across a sign for Hamiltons that run it. And they've, they're actually kin to somebody that I know that's actually this person that I know that I'm that's kin to them. He is actually also descended from the same McFarland ancestor I am. So we're like sixth cousins or something, fifth cousins. Anyway, um, he's tied in kinship with these Hamiltons run a guide, like a hunting guide service. And so I thought, oh, Hamiltons, they're kind of a big deal. So Scott Hamilton, he actually, he replied back to my reply and it was kind of long. So I'm not gonna read the whole thing but he requests Hamiltons, and so maybe we need to, so we're gonna make sure that McVerichs and Hamiltons, those are the two clans that are on our list that we gotta make sure that we are diving into a little bit in the future. And I do think that the Hamiltons actually have some interesting history aside from being powerful and wealthy. And I think, I think that's it guys. I think that's it on my, my comments. Yep. Okay. That's all I'm going to do because I got I only have so much time. I got to dig into this, guys. I've got the Campbells to talk about, and I'm excited for it. And maybe some of you weren't excited for it because you're one of the haters, the Campbell haters. And all I've got to say to you is, haters can't go to heaven. There's no haters in heaven. So you got to get over it. So let it go. Let it go. Okay. Let's let me touch a little bit back on why the Campbells are hated so vehemently by some. And definitely back in the historic clan period, you know, we're talking 1500s, 1600s, they were, they were not very popular amongst some of the other Highland clans. There's some propaganda involved there, and maybe some people don't like them today. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's kind of silly to bring that into modern day unless you've actually been wronged by a Campbell, in which case you still need to get over it because you're the one that carries that burden heavier than the person who offended you. So just, just try to get past it. And I know it's hard. I know it's hard because people do some serious stuff to us. And, and I've, I've had my own struggles with this too, but I'm here to tell you, you're the only one that's carrying the burden. But probably not though, probably most people today are cool with the Campbells and find it interesting. 
So let's let's go back because last time I kind of stuck up from the Campbells and said some of that stuff's propaganda. Now, when saying that, I don't I don't want to make it sound like the Campbells never did anything bad. That's not what I'm trying to say. The, you got the Glencoe massacre, which was a gross violation of Highland hospitality, which was sacred. And you know what? I'm here to tell you as somebody who is geographically in a similar position to a lot of these Highlanders, right? I live in a mountainous region and a fairly remote part of this mountain region. And I tend to love to spend time in the more remote places than I already live, parts of this area. And I'm just here to tell you that the hospitality and if somebody's stranded and they're stuck and they're, they're in a bad position and they're out in the middle of nowhere like that, that's, that's a very sacred trust that you better not betray. So yeah, there's a gross violations, gross offenses on the parts of the Campbells. And so I'm not here to make them sound like saints and they didn't ever do anything mean, but I am here to say that so did other people in the Highlands. So did McDonald's. You got the McDonald McLeod feud. And I can't remember which one was which because I didn't look it up before I came into this podcast. But I remember reading that about one of them, one of them caught the other clan, like round them up in a cave. They take refuge in a cave and they just, they just burned them out. And anybody that came running out of cages is slaughtered. You know, like that's, that's disgusting. And well, yeah, but the other side did this. And like, yeah, and it goes back and forth and people do awful things to each other, not just the Campbells, which that's really my point. If you go back in some of my other episodes, like the Camerons versus Macintosh feud in my feud series, you learn about the Macintoshes coming on the, Cam- the Camerons while they're at church. You know, when you're sitting there in church, and you know, maybe they did, you know, it was different back then, but you know, like when you're sitting in church, your mind's not on, holy cow, in a few minutes, I might have to defend my life against people trying to kill me with a sword or a spear. You should be focused on other stuff. And the Camerons did pretty well for themselves, even though that they came out poorly from there. But, and then you got the Guns versus the Keiths, and the Keiths showing up with twice as many guys, two guys on each horse, d- thus doubling the numbers of the Guns, and then just lighting, lighting into them and killing people. And, you know, it's just, you know, people do bad things to each other. And that's one of the disgusting things about this life is how we treat each other not just the Campbells. So I'm not here to say the Campbells never did anything mean. And the Campbells were in a position of power to do mean stuff. They had a lot of power. And some of them abused that power grossly. I'm just here, not, I'm just here to say that the Campbells weren't the only one in Scottish history to abuse power or do mean things to other people. So let's, let's not be too down on them, I think. Shall we? Shall we just learn, just figure out and start loving, loving each other? Can we just do that? Can we just start to love each other? All right. So I don't think I mentioned this in the last episode. I did talk about the, I did talk about the Brythonic origins of the Campbells. If you go back their family tree far enough, you're getting back, you're leaving the Gales, and you're getting back into the Britons of Strathclyde, who spoke a, a different language, still in the Celtic family, but on the different side of the family. Okay. So we're getting back into that. And, and as we talked about that, there are two things on that. One, if you want more of a background, I, the, when I first started this podcast, I started doing episodes on the ethnic origins that the clans come out of. And I did, I know I talked about the Britons of Strathclyde back in there. So those, those might be a little helpful to get you caught up and get you a foundation to really start understanding that. I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking on about it here. The other thing I want to mention that's significant about that that I don't think I mentioned last time is 
that the, the, the origin of the Campbells amongst the Britons of Strathclyde in the northernmost territory of where that kingdom would have encompassed. So we're going up around in the district called Lennox, later become a Mormerdom or an earldom. And we're getting around Loch Lomond and even all the way around Loch Lomond, the, the, the Britons of Strathclyde could have controlled maybe territory even north slightly of Loch Lomond. Now, that, that origin amongst the Britons in that area puts the Campbells... I, I don't know that it, it automatically makes them related to some of these other clans, but maybe, and here's why. So other clans that come out of that same area that they're, as far as we can trace them back, they're coming out of that, that same spot. These are the McNaughton's and the Galbraiths. And maybe even possibly the McQuillans in Antrim, Northern Ireland. All right, and I'm not going to dive into that too deep, but I just will say that last episode I mentioned, as you go farther back up, we, I mentioned three different genealogies for the Campbells. And you go, you go farther back and back and back into that family, family tree. These three genealogies are given there. There's an amazing amount of consistency with them. There, there, there's a couple of discrepancies, but there's a lot of similarities where they all mention them the same name. You go back farther enough in there and you get Arthur, right? Well, Arthur also happens to be a name that pops up in the ancestry of the, the um, used by both the Galbraiths and the Campbells and as well as the traditional ancestry of the McNaughton's. So, what am I saying there? I'm, so, when you'll notice if you look back through the list of clan chiefs for any given clan, a lot of the clan chiefs, that, that chiefly line, there's, there's names that they like, and they use them over and over and over again. It, with the Kennedys, they like to use the name Gilbert, which I think is interesting. And I know some people right now whose last name is Gilbert, and I wonder if they don't really somewhere back in there come from Kennedy's. Anyway, I don't know. So if you get names, and so you got these names, these clans all come out of the same area, same cultural background, and they have some of the same names that they like to have in their family tree. So I don't know. You just kind of take that. I haven't, I've not dived into that deep, but if you're interested in that, there'd be something, there'd be a, that's a springboard for you to, to jump off into and research that a little bit more. Do these like if we could if we could research this a little bit farther, could we see a connection between the Campbells, the McNaughtons, the Galbraiths, and also the McQuillans of Antrim? And I just I can't remember. I think that was on the Clan Campbell Society of North America website is where I've got that and the McQuillan of Antrim thing. And I don't I'm not sure. I haven't researched the McQuillans enough. I'm, I'm familiar with them. I'm familiar with their territory and their power as a Northern Irish kindred, but I'm not, um, I, I don't know a lot about their ancestry. So you can take with that what you want. Uh, what else about the, oh, I was going to mention the Galbraiths real quick. So the Galbraith surname is a, it's, it's a Gallic way of saying a foreign or lowland Briton, right? The, the Anyway, I'm not going to go deep into the linguistics on that one, but their, their actual surname s indicates that they were come out of those Britons that were in that area, and that name given to them by Gallic speakers sticks. Because remember, if you go back to the, the, um, the Galloglass, 
I got into a little bit of linguistics on the, the word gal means foreigner or, or maybe Gentile or other or you're somewhere se someone separate from us. So that's the, uh, that's in, and even in the, in the, sometimes the Gales of Scotland use that as a word for the lowlanders. Anyway, it's just, it's just, it's something that's foreign. It's not you. So anyway, there's the, there's the Galbraiths a little bit. I, I, I did go into quite a lot of detail on the connection between the Campbells and the Earls of Carrick and the connection there and the fact that Robert Bruce comes out of the Earls of Carrick from their family, from the heiress of that family. And then you also have that family had also the, the, the old first chiefs, first people bearing the Campbell surname are using, are, are, are marrying into the the Earl of Carrick family there. So, so that we that's what we covered last time. Let me let me try to jump into a couple of things that we didn't cover last time, in the remaining time that I have. Okay, so one thing that the that the CCSNA, the Clan Campbell Society of North America website, mentions is it talks about it. It tries to gives us as much detail as possible on who the Campbells were before Robert the Bruce. Now it kind of, some histories make the Campbells look like before that, before, their, before they hitched their wagon to the, to the Robert the Bruce wagon train going out on the trail and they were hitched in there good and it turned out well for them and so now they're getting power and they're absorbing a lot of the territory of former enemies of Robert the Bruce and now they're a big deal all, all of a sudden and they're kind of a rags to riches, or I don't know if rags to riches would be quite how they've been painted, but yeah, they, they just weren't as big of a deal. The, the CCSNA website actually challenges that and says, no, we, we find record of Gillespeg Campbell before, so he's before Robert the Bruce, keep in mind, okay, a few generations before Robert the Bruce, and he's getting land over in the area of western Fife known as Clackmannan, and actually, I don't if you take that, if you know where Fife is in Scotland, it's a peninsula. It's in between the Firth of Forth and the Firth of Tay. All right, it's on the eastern side of Scotland. And so Clackmannan, what, what area that becomes is kind of the western, where like the base of the peninsula is, where it's almost not a peninsula at this point. So that, so they, they are actually ga gaining territory in Clackmannan before Robert the Bruce They've already married in to the, Earl, the Earls of Carrick. Remember, this is what gives them the kinship to Robert the Bruce. They, so they're, they're gaining, may have gained some land in Carrick at this time. And let's jump to the thing that I've kind of been looking forward to talking about, and that is the marriage of an early Campbell to, into, into a family that was established near Lacha. Now, I'm, I, I'm not really sure which Cam early Campbell chief or early member of this kindred marries into the, the so the, the family that they marry into and that would they get, how they give, they, they get acquire territory near Lacha is they marry into a kindred known as Odunya. Okay, why, why do I think that that is interesting? Because one, it's one of the few kindreds in Scotland to be no kidding not just recent transplants from Ireland 
but a Scottish kindred who used the O. Now, if you, I, I did a whole episode on O versus Mac, or Mac versus O. I can't remember exactly how I titled it, but that was the, what the episode was about. And why in Scotland do we not find very much, very many kindreds adopting surnames with O, whereas we find it all over the place in Ireland? So that the, my source back on that was the Kinship, Church, and Culture, Collected Essays and Studies of John W. M. Bannerman. Okay, so that's the book that I was getting out. Like it says, it's a collection of essays and studies, and he has one article in that called, that is titled, Macduff of Fife. And in talking about the Macduffs, Earls of Fife, this powerful kindred, who were closely related to the kings of Scotland in their earlier days, when they're back when they're not too long after they first adopt the title King of Oliva instead of King of the Picts. So he's talking about them and in that in that essay or that that paper he talks about the evolution of these surnames and why Mac comes on so strong in Scotland and not so not so much the O. And so I, the Campbells here, their early forebears, marry into this Odunia family who has territory in the Loch Awe region. And if you're not familiar with the geography of Scotland, Loch Awe is in Argyle, the western, the southwestern highlands. And this is where the Campbell base of power begins to grow from right here. So this is a very, very significant moment in Campbell history when their ancestor, right, can't remember, can't, can't remember which one, or I didn't find which one, which ancestor married this Odunia heiress. Now, it's, and she's an heiress, so we see this happen all the time. In fact, this actually reminds me of that comment at the beginning about the Rose of Kilrock clan being the longest continuous male line. Once again, I don't know if that's, that's accurate or not, but it, it happens so many times when the, the male line runs out. You don't have a male heir. You have an heiress, and now whoever her husband was, they, they gained the power there. And you see that original family fade, and these people who've inherited this, this territory through this heiress, you see them become prominent, right? So to this day, Odunia is not a, you don't, you don't ever hear about that as a major Scottish clan, especially as we go into the days post Robert the Bruce, and Scotland's taking form now, and we're really getting rounded, and now we're into the 1300s and 1400s, and Odunia is not on the, the map there as a significant kindred, although they were remembered by charters that were issued later on, and you can, once again, you can go back and find this on the CCSNA website, and they, they're, they're, they're once again, they're, they quote a lot from WDH Seller, uh, and and he's he's done a lot of research on this and has got a lot of really really interesting information, and so he's quoting, he's looking at charters, so contemporary sources that are only a few generations down the road, and they're looking and I think this I think we're in the 1400s, in for this example, and you see a Campbell, and I think I don't I can't remember if they were receiving lands or what the deal was, but they mention the Campbells being descended from the Odunia, so that that name was remembered. And acknowledged, and we're still, and we're generations down the road. So, and I don't know if they, that's because they were still around at the time as a surname, as a kindred, 
as a clan, or if that was just people knew that they once upon a time and they know things like we know George Washington and Thomas Jefferson, even though their descendants as such are not all over the place making names for themselves as their descendants. They might be. I don't know who all their descendants are. Maybe they're pretty famous, but I don't know that they're descendants of these historic figures. But I still know who these historic figures are because they're a big deal. And maybe the Odunias were a big deal in that area, and that's why people are saying, oh, yeah, the Campbells would have all the same rights and privileges as did their forebears. And in, and in this case, it says Macdunia, but the kindred was known as Odunia. So I just think that's interesting where they're coming from and how they get established in these different parts. So, so, even, so to, to kind of go back over this, pre-Robert the Bruce, you have the Campbells already established in three main areas. You have them in Argyle, in Clackmannan, over in, in the Fife area, and then down in, in Carrick, where they probably have... And, I, and in the next episode we're going to do, we're going to go deeper into the different branches of the Campbell clan. And down in that Carrick region, you have the Campbells of Loudoun. And I did have to use a... Uh, I got on YouTube and was able to find somebody pronouncing it so I'm pretty confident because I think there's a place in Virginia called Luden, Virginia but this native Scot was pronouncing it's Loudon Hill where there's supposed to be a fort there anyway so Loudon Loudon the Campbells of Loudon that was a significant branch of the Campbells but I'm, I'm not sure if their establishment in that area goes clear back to that original connection with the Earls of Carrick I don't know I'm, I'll, I'll have that ready for you next time maybe some of you can do some advanced reading on that but I'm, I'm coming up on my time limit, and I'm sorry I had to cut this so short, but I actually do have something that I've got to get to on this. So let me, let me see if there's anything. Well, I guess what I want to say about that is they, so the Campbells have significant territories before they become hitched up with, with Robert the Bruce's cause. And, and, you know, his cause was to become the King of Scotland, but so was John Cummins, and so was John Balliol's. And they, just, they chose Robert the Bruce, once again, probably because that close family connection and they were loyal to him. And so maybe just a brief note before I wrap up on what did the Campbells come away with because of, because of their siding with Bruce. Well, just a little recap, and I know we've talked about this before. The McDougals, the senior branch of the, 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 the kindreds, the clans who come from Summerled. There are three significant kindreds who are descended from Summerled the McRory's, the McDougal's, and the McDonald's. Now, the McDougal's are the senior branch of those three. All three of them become powerful, but the McDougal's are the lords of Lorne. They, they are very powerful in Argyle. And they, it's interesting because the Summerled, he, early on, early on, before he defeats his, his, uh, he was some kind of, I can't remember what the exact connection, Olaf, King of Man in the Isles. Summerled beats him, or maybe it was Godfrey. I'm, I'm, I'm off script right now. I'm off my notes. But he, he defeats the kingdom, regardless if it's Olaf or Godfrey. He defeats the King of Man in the Isles, and now he's re-inchagal, King of the Hebrides, right? But before that, he styles himself of Argyle. He was an Argyle lord, maybe even Re-Argyle, um, Ar-Argyle. Ar Ar I 
anyway, it's Gallic. It's older, older Gallic, so it doesn't even use the same um, rules, I don't think, as as modern Gallic uses. But you, you see this power base of Summerlin coming out of Argyle originally. The McDougals fill that. They do not become re Inchigal. The McDougals fill that Argyle lordship, and they are the big deal there. But they choose the wrong side, and by wrong I don't mean less legitimate. I mean the one that lost, and they actually nearly wiped out. They nearly killed Robert Bruce and wiped out his party in an ambush when he was reeling from a defeat at the Battle of I think it was the Battle of Methven. Anyway, he just got his butt handed to him, and he's reeling in defeat, trying to suck back into the Highlands. The problem is, he murdered John Cummin, who was the chief of the McDougal's brother. It was his brother-in-law. So a really close family connection there. So the McDougals are after him and ambush him, nearly wipe out the whole party. Bruce barely makes it out alive. Keep in mind, he's got two stalwarts with him at that moment. I, he's got other stalwarts. I'm not meaning to cut out other possible people, but two on the top of my head right here are Angus Og McDonnell and Neil Campbell, who is his second cousin. And he makes it out. They, they all make it out of that. And he, now when he remembers that, when he becomes the king, one of his high priorities is like, all right, who, who, who fought against me? And, oh, yeah, the McDougals almost killed me that one time. So he takes it back into the highlands and, and lays Scunion on the McDougals and takes away nearly all of their territory. Now, they, didn't, they held on. They did, were not eradicated as a name, as a kindred. They hung, they hung on. But the Campbells and their cousins, the McDonalds, both, both really come out well with a lot of former McDougal territory. So we do see a lot of territory added to the Campbell holdings at that moment. And they become even more powerful than they already were, although they were not just low, lowly rags to riches. They were significant landholders before Bruce, but they really became powerful at the expense of the McDougals, maybe some others, maybe the McNaughtons, who I think sided against Bruce originally. I, I, and I, I can't, that, there's more to that story there that deserves some attention. But anyway, Campbell's come out pretty nice. So do the McDonald's. The Campbell's and the McDonald's, they both start off pretty strong because they both, you know, this, this is interesting, bitter enemies, but back in these days, they were actually allies, picked the same side, and Angus Og and Neil Campbell would have probably known each other, and I don't know if they liked each other. I haven't died that far into it, but close associates. I think you could probably call them associates if, at the very least. And they, they come up together, and who would have known that their, their descendants would have just hated each other so much? Anyway, so there, there you have th that, that takes us to the spots where the Campbells are rising to power, and. And uh, they, yeah, let's, let's just go from there next time. Join me next time for a clan cluster episode. And we're going to deal with the different branches of the Campbell, the Campbell clan. We're not going to have time to do all of them because there's a million of them. We'll take the biggest ones. Right off the top of my head, the ones I know I'm going to address are the Campbells. Campbells of Argyle are the chiefs becomes the Earls of Argyle, later the Marquis or Dukes of Argyle. 
but the other ones would be the Campbells of Glen Orkey, who tried to exterminate the McGregors, the Campbells of Cawdor, really interesting story behind how they got that territory, and the Campbells of Loudoun in the southwest of Scotland down in the Lowlands. So we have the Lowland branch of Campbells. Anyway, join me next time. We're going to get into that. We're going to we're going to enjoy ourselves and and hopefully you hopefully you've liked what we've, we've covered so far as we dive into the history of the Campbells and how they get where they're going to. So the next episode, I just want to be clear, is not going to be a continuing history of the Campbell clan. The the goal there will be to discuss the different branches and understand how they fit in together and maybe something noteworthy about these major branches that I've listed. And maybe a couple other branches I didn't list. Like, I think the Camels of Achenbreck were their designated military guys, which I think that's a fascinating thing there too. Anyway, we'll get into that next time. Thank you for joining me today. Please continue to reach out to me and ask questions and make requests and this whole thing on the Campbells was a request from somebody. So continue to reach out. I'm, I know that I know that I'm abysmally short on requests for your clans. I know. I know. And I'm not even going in the order they requested, which is shameful of me. Shameful, really. There's people who have cut right in line and they've got their episodes on their clan. And I'm, for those of you who've just been patiently waiting, I'm sorry. I am. I am. Don't give up on me, though. Don't give up. I'm going to continue to try my best. Hang in there. Um, reach out to me. So different channels to reach out to me on are the ones that I talked about at the beginning of the podcast, and I was reading actual comments from them. We have Facebook, the Clans of Scotland. It's, it's facebook.com forward slash Clans of Scotland. That is the Scottish Clans Facebook page. Also on Podbean, Scottish Clans. Look that up there. And on Apple Podcasts. You can interact with me by leaving a review and I've, I've just really appreciated. So thank you very much. And we will talk again next time when we discuss clan clusters, clan Campbell. We'll see you then. Bye.